You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Got a great show for you today. Of course, we'll be talking all things tech. A little later, we'll uh, have our uh, friend Daniel Bader on. He's from Mobile Nations. He's a senior editor there talking about uh, Bell's purchase of Man- Manitoba Telecom. This was uh, big news this week. Uh, so uh, we'll find out uh, what that means for competition generally in the wireless space. And uh, I think you'll want to stay tuned for that. Lots of interesting stuff in the news this week, uh, Andy. Um, you know, we uh, talk a lot about uh, autonomous cars, self-driving cars. Uh, interesting uh, little article here uh, I found on uh, CBC News. Uh, one expert says that uh, self-driving cars, the more of these that we have on the road in the future, will lead to more sex happening in autonomous self-driving vehicles it's kind of funny news okay like they what, what he's basically saying is of if course we read it yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah this is this is very serious news here yeah. but basically what they were saying is because we're not going to be controlling the wheel people are going to do other things like you know they're already seeing this with tesla right now a lot of tesla owners are reading the newspaper yeah they're posting videos i saw one where uh the driver is playing chess they got a chessboard on the center console, and he's playing chess with his passenger while the car is driving. So, so, so this uh, person, uh, his name is Barry Kirk from the Canadian Automotive Vehicle Center of Excellence, which I didn't even know existed, <laughs> but apparently it does. I'm gonna have to Google this later to see yeah. what what they actually do. But he's basically saying that if we have these autonomous self-driving cars, it's gonna lead to more sex on the road. What? What I find interesting is why – because the first thing I would do if I had a self-driving car, I'd probably take a nap. I'd go to sleep. You know, that would be the, the first inclination. But uh, <laughs> he's really taking it to the other extreme here. Well, you know, it is interesting. Uh, and, you know, it, it looks like Transport Canada is on top of this as well. I didn't know this, but uh, in uh, last month's federal budget, they actually had money uh, to develop regulations around automated uh, vehicles. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the things uh, that they're concerned about is that uh, there is some type of fail-safe device in these cars uh, that are being developed and will be available. Uh, essentially a fail-safe mechanism in case uh, the driver is completely unavailable. And because right now uh, there are some autonomous vehicles. Tesla is the one we talk about a lot. They've got a special autonomous mode where the car will kind of drive itself change lanes and get you to where you're going uh, but you still have to have a qualified driver behind the wheel to take control in case the car makes a mistake yes and what he's saying like if you're going to obviously be preoccupied and not be able to take over the wheel another issue i think that we might have to face is what's going to happen with impaired driving are you going to see people who have autonomous self-driving cars going to the pub getting into the car and letting the car drive them home that, I think, is, is going to be more of a concern. That and sleeping rather than having couples having sex on the road while oh, the car is driving. Happen. There's, a, there's a lot of things that are going to happen if you have <laughs> a, a, a self-driving car. But the first thing you do is sleep, you're saying. I would probably take a nap. You know, um, That's one of the hard things when you do road trips, especially on your own. You always want to make sure you're, you have you know, enough coffee or so you don't fall asleep. Because I don't know if you've ever driven across the prairies, but... It's just a straight road, and and you can kind of like might you might fall asleep unless you have someone. That's a there. big problem. Yeah, big, they say it's worse than uh, drinking and driving in many cases, like drowsy drivers. It, it, absolutely, and for a lot of people, if you do get drowsy, it's always recommended just pull over to the side and take a nap if you have to, because um, especially if you're driving on a straight road like in the prairies, because you can kind of doze off without having to think too much. 
it's interesting the whole self-driving car thing you know we're hearing lots about it um we're still a number of years away from true truly autonomous vehicles there are going to have uh models that have semi-autonomous capabilities but uh they're not it's not bulletproof enough as far as the technology is concerned. To, have, have you tried one? Have you been no, in a self-driving I, car? I haven't. You know, it's funny because we go to the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas all the time, and they do have self-driving cars, but there's always lineups, and and we never really get a chance to, to try it out. But I can't imagine what that would feel like. I actually had a cousin. He drove a Tesla, and he was telling me how weird it was because he's like sitting there, and it's starting to turn by itself. And he's like, it was really weirding me out because you're just not used to that. And it's learning from the other other cars because the Tesla cars are all connected to the network and as the car learns more about its self-driving it actually shares that information with uh, the main network sounds kind of spooky it, I know and it has all these like camera systems so it, it he was telling me on the dash I haven't seen it I haven't actually been in a Tesla yet but he was saying that you could actually see like almost like a video game of other vehicles that are around you and it basically shows what's happening on the road and and it kind of alerts you when you have to take over the wheel again. But um, if you're on the highway, you can just kind of sit back and play chess. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's interesting because this stuff is here now. And yeah. in our lifetime, uh, there will be truly self-autonomous cars. You know, we, we hear about these ride-sharing services like Uber. Um, that, that's probably one of the most popular ones you hear about. Another huge one uh, is Lyft, yeah. spelled uh, L-Y-F-T down in the States. I don't think it's up here in Canada yet. Um, GM, General Motors, has actually invested half a billion dollars into Lyft. Yeah. And they're actually going to be uh, testing out uh, the uh, the Chevy Bolt. Uh, they're making autonomous models of that. And they're going to be testing that for the Lyft ride-sharing service, that these cars, you can call one of these cars through the app, and it will come to your home or office, wherever you are, and drive the, the car will drive you, not a driver. Isn't that not a game changer? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Just, just think about like, that. Do we, yeah, you know, will our kids or grandkids, will they even own cars mm -hmm. in the future? You might not even have to because no. you could have an app and whenever you want, you just order it and a car will come, take you to point A to point B, and then you're, you're good to go. But the question is, if we have these autonomous cars, are we still going to have cars that you can drive? In the future, or is it that it? Will like, the insurance be more for the the, the cars driven by humans? Because humans absolutely. make more stupid mistakes. Yeah, and they've they've learned. Google has learned from their um, car that they've been driving all across the country in the United States that this actually performs better than humans. And <laughs> no surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like we've talked about this before. What happens on the insurance side if one of these cars? gets into an accident, who's liable? Is it the person that's not driving, sitting in the car? Is it the manufacturer? Like Yeah, new laws will have to be figured out for that, that kind of stuff. But, you know, if they're safer than humans, that might not be as big an issue. Yeah, but I think what we really, before this really takes off, we need kind of a regulatory framework on, on how this is going to happen. That, that's the thing about technology, Mike, is that the technology changes faster than the laws can change. And it kind of reminds me of drones, because drones just came on the scene, and, and then they're suddenly like, oh, we have to like regulate where you can fly drones because it kind of came out of nowhere. It really did. Yeah, and it got very, very popular in a, in a short period of time. It's Mother's Day coming up. That's right. We've got a great prize. That's right. We're going to give away the Epson Perfection Photo Scanner.
this is a great gift for your mom because everybody, you know, has those photo albums at home. Yeah. And now everyone's sharing things on Facebook. So what you can do is scan your old photo album. Give it to your mom. Let her scan all the photo albums so that she can put them up online for the entire family to share. And we're giving away the Epson Perfection photo scanner for that reason. All you got to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, to enter and win. When we come back from the break, we'll be talking with uh, our friend Daniel Bader. He's a senior editor over at Mobile Nations about the purchase of Manitoba Telecom by Bell and what that means for the telecom industry in general and competition and pricing for our cell phone plans. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar. We're broadcasting live across the uh, Chorus Radio Network here in Canada. Uh, you can also listen to us online through the Chorus Radio app uh, or through our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Later on the hour, uh, we'll be uh, getting App of the Week from Christina Stoyanova. And uh, we'll also be talking about uh, the future of uh, cable television as well. YouTube has announced uh, uh, that they're going to be uh, potentially offering uh, channels through their YouTube service. So we'll get some more information about it. This week, BCE, Bell, uh, has uh, entered in a, a deal to buy Manitoba Telecom, a friendly deal worth $3.9 billion dollars. Uh, Manitoba Telecom, one of the few remaining uh, regional telecoms uh, in Canada. There's still like SaskTel uh, as well uh, that uh, basically offered telecom services uh, in that uh, area. On the line to help us understand all of it is uh, Daniel Bader. He is a senior editor over at Mobile Nations. Thanks for joining us, Daniel. Thanks for having me, guys. So, uh, Bell, they bought uh, Manitoba Telecom. Is this your fault? <laughs> it, it might be. I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. So why why should we care as Canadians about this? This impacts everybody. It uh, it consolidates the wireless market uh, across the country even further, uh, and and perhaps even more so, it, it sets a precedent. Um, if the government does approve this deal, which is expected to close later this year, it will mean that they are okay going against the Harper government or former Harper government. Um, four-player mandate in every province. What, what the Harper government had said was they wanted four competitors in each region. In Manitoba specifically, NTS was considered the incumbent, but they were the company keeping prices down. They were the ones keeping Bell, Rogers, and Telus in check. And now that Bell owns or will own MTS, it'll just be Bell, Rogers, and Telus. The big three. The big three. You you don't think prices are going to go up, are they? Prices will certainly <laughs> go up. <laughs> Basic economics tells you that the prices are going to go up. So is this as big an issue now that uh, Shaw has bought wind and making some significant uh, investments into the infrastructure of wind to make it more of a national player? It, it's important to know what wind is. Wind is a regional player just as MTS is. The difference is that wind has spectrum in many provinces. It has spectrum in, Van in, in British Columbia and Vancouver specifically. It has spectrum in Ontario throughout the Golden Horseshoe. And it has spectrum in, in uh, Alberta through Calgary and Edmonton. Those are the only three provinces in which it operates. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't own any spectrum in Manitoba or Saskatchewan or 
or Quebec or any parts of eastern Canada. And that's important to know because even if Shaw has aspirations to be a so-called national carrier, they still can't come into provinces like Manitoba and Saskatchewan if they don't own any of the way, any of the wireless airwaves uh, that you need to run a wireless network. What do, you, what do you think this means for some of the other regional um, carriers, like, like Sastel? Do you think they're the next domino? So Sastel is really interesting. Sastel is in no uh, – in, in no, um, there's, there's no fear that Sastel is going to get bought out because it's actually a, a crown corporation. It's owned by the province. It's the only remaining uh, wireless carrier in the country that's owned by a – it's essentially a utility owned by the province. But SaskTel is run very, very differently to MTS. I mean, it's, of course, a, a, a company that wants to make profit. But at the same time, its mandate is to bring telecom accessibility to as many um, people in Saskatchewan as possible. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, I've, I've talked to many people at the company, including the CEO, and they're just trying to keep prices as low as possible. Uh, but they also re- recognize, as MTS did, that you need money in order to invest in your network. And the, the concern about MTS going forward is that with, um, with the big three having so much money, so much uh, capital to invest in their networks, they wouldn't be able to keep up with the advances in wireless and uh, so-called LTE advance in rolling out fiber to the home uh, for, for the home Internet and business Internet side of things. So MTS and Sastel were in similar positions. It's just that MTS had the choice of selling. Saskatchewan, on the other hand, probably uh, is, is going to have to, the, the government itself is going to have to invest in Sastel if they want to bring its performance, uh, both on the wireless and wireline side, to the same level as uh, Bell, Telus, and Rogers. Dan, uh, I read your article on iMore, and one of the things, and you and everyone else is basically saying that they can people in Manitoba can expect the prices to go up. How is Bell going to convince that to consumers? Are they going to invest in the infrastructure and then try to um, tell the, the consumer that you have to pay because we're trying to get you onto this LTE network? Well, that's exactly what they have to do. They have to convince people that once they move over to Bell, and, and we, I have to say that one-third, in order to appease the regulators, this is assumed, one of uh, Bell's moves is to divest one-third of MTS's wireless customers to TELUS. So TELUS is going to be taking over a third of uh, the wireless customers, um, around 140,000 of them. We don't know exactly which ones are going over to TELUS and which ones will stay with Bell. That will be determined once the deal goes through. The least profitable what, ones. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But what happens is they're going to have to convince people that that $1 billion of promised investment over the next five years is going to benefit them. However, MTS's ARPU, which uh, in, in the industry we know is average revenue per user, the amount of money you and I spend on our wireless service every month, that needs to go up. And Bell needs that, that ARPU to be uh, almost the same in, in Manitoba as it is in the rest of Canada. In, in Manitoba, because of what was happening with MTS keeping prices down, Bell, Rogers, and TELUS weren't earning nearly, or aren't rather, earning nearly as much money per customer as they are in Ontario or British Columbia. And that's just the state of the industry. 
So what they're going to do is they're going to invest a lot of money in making those networks really, really fast and really, really, really reliable. And then they're going to say, by the way, in order to justify these these uh, performance improvements, we're going to have to raise your pr- uh, your bill by two dollars for the next six months, and then three dollars for the next six months, and eventually, maybe in five or ten years or so, those prices will be the same. If they just jack them up to what they are in Ontario and British Columbia and Alberta tomorrow, then there are going to be a lot of very, very unhappy customers. Daniel, uh, great stuff. Where can people find out more information about you and all the things uh, you write about? Well, I love talking to you guys. Uh, thanks for, for having me. I'm online on Twitter at JourneyDan, Journeyman with a D, and I write every day, every week at imore.com. That was Daniel Bader. He's a senior editor over at Mobile Nation. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. When we come back from the break, uh, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, the future of how you might be getting your TV channels. It might not be through your uh, regular uh, uh, cable provider anymore. It could be uh, the YouTubes of the world. Uh, and we'll also be opening up the phone lines in a little bit uh, as well. And, of course, App of the Week at the uh, end of the hour. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back shortly after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar. Still lots of great stuff to talk about in today's show. We're talking all things tech. Later on, we'll get uh, App of the Week with Christina. We'll also do a little bit of open line, taking any of your tech calls and questions. Wanted to uh, chat uh, a little bit, uh, Andy, about uh, cable TV and how we get our television. And it's interesting because, you know, I talk to so many um, younger people, millennials, uh, you know, kids in their 20s, and, you know, they don't consume television the way that we used to. Yes. Uh, You know, in most cases, they don't even get cable television if they get their own apartment. They're just getting stuff through Netflix or Show Me uh, or getting content through their computers, uh, essentially. Um, But down in the States, some interesting things are starting to happen. We've seen with uh, the Dish Network uh, and their Sling TV, uh, they're offering a, uh, a basic cable package for about 20 bucks, mm-hmm. you get CNN and a Disney Channel and a few other channels uh, through the Internet. Sony, uh, with their PlayStation, has right. the Sony View. I think that's around the $30 price range U.S., and you get uh, a few channels. And again, that all comes through the Internet to your Sony PlayStation. Well, now Hulu down in the U.S., they're kind of like a Netflix competitor down there. We yep. don't have it up in Canada. Uh, Hulu is owned by, I believe, Fox, uh, ABC, NBC, Disney. Uh, they've announced that they're going to be coming out with a cable package that you can get through their streaming service coming up this year. And then this week as well, YouTube has just announced their Unplugged service, uh, and they're going to be hopefully doing the same type of thing. Now, this Unplugged service, is it different from YouTube Red? It is, yeah. So YouTube Red, I don't believe available in Canada yet, uh, is for people that want to pay a monthly subscription charge. I think it's around 10 bucks a month. It is 10 bucks a month. And so then... Uh, you don't get any of the ads. Yeah. And uh, that's appealing to a lot of younger people because that's how they get most of their content. I look at my uh, my teenagers. They consume so much video content through YouTube, and they're totally annoyed by the ads. Yeah. And so this this would essentially wipe out the ads. And it, it really does put YouTube in that same space as Netflix in terms of how you can consume content because there are no commercials on Netflix because it's a subscription-based service. And what YouTube is really doing is they're trying to – um, harness these YouTube stars and they come from people like sitting in their dorm room or in their basement but they build this audience and then YouTube will work with them and they have like studios in LA 
where they Toronto were, now as well. Toronto as well. They have yep. an, a different office just for like a recording studio for that you can create content for YouTube because some of these people they make a lot of money yes. and and they're they're stars. They're like celebrities online. Like if they go to a, if they go to a different city, they can sell out shows yep. just because of the audience and it's always young people. You know, older people aren't you know, following these people around, but the the young kids, it's amazing some of these stars on YouTube and just how much money they make. So now they're taking that to another level with that unplugged service. We haven't got really any details about it yet, uh, you know, or pricing, but again, the basic idea is that they're going to be offering up channels, uh, live TV channels that you can subscribe through uh, through your, your computer. So, um, you know, we haven't really heard anything like that coming up in Canada yet. Right now, most of us get television through like TELUS or Shaw or Bell or Rogers. But, you know, I'm really interested to see what happens as, you know, those types of services become, uh, well, first of all, launched <laughs> and become, uh, you know, popular in the U.S. What will happen in Canada? And, and it is interesting because you look at most of the telecoms here in our country and they own most of the broadcasters. That's right. So Shaw owns uh, Chorus, you know, with, uh, you know, Global TV and a, a bunch of channels. Rogers owns, uh, you know, a lot of the sports networks, City TV, uh, what have you. So uh, they're kind of all uh, amalgamated together. So what will these streaming services do if they try to come into Canada? Can they even compete because uh, the broadcasters are already owned by all the telecoms up here? And for a lot of people, the only reason they are watching or still have a subscription to television is for live news and sports. Yes. And we're already seeing sports now move into with Sportsnet, and they have a subscription service where you can pay $25 a month and basically get all the Sportnet content you could possibly want. So that basically is like the last thing that kept you to on your television, the live events. But like you said, all that's going to move online. Even... Um, the NFL is doing deals with Twitter to, to stream games. Uh, I think it's the Thursday football games now. Yep. They made a partnership with Twitter. And a lot of people are like, why didn't they do it with Facebook? Well, Facebook has their own. They're, they're kind of like the bullies. They're the apples of the world where they go, <laughs> here's our terms, take it or leave it. Whereas Twitter's not even making money. So they're like, hey, let's make a deal. Yep. And so uh, they, they actually did deal with Twitter. And you know when you, when you look at sports and what's that going to be, because we just saw Rogers buy the rights for the NHL. And unfortunately, right now, the playoffs are going on. There are no Canadian teams. And I, I read somewhere, they said the viewership was down like over 60% in Canada. Of course. So right, We're a hockey country. It, and exactly. if none of our, our, our teams are in the, the playoffs. And, and they, they keep trying to pump up, well, there's a lot of Canadians on these uh, American teams. <laughs> you got to watch, watch Sidney Crosby. Please, oh, please watch. Yeah, but uh, you know, that's the thing because they're so vertically integrated right now. Yeah. It, their, their whole business model can be disrupted when you start to consume content online. Yeah. And if they don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to get their hands in that kind of content as well because they have to think about the future. It's interesting stuff. I am going to open up the phone lines now. We're going to uh, go open line here on Get Connected, take your uh, tech calls and questions. And yeah, hey, give us your thoughts on uh, you know, the future of TV. Would you uh, subscribe to your television through YouTube? I'd love to hear from cord cutters. Did you just cancel your, your cable subscription? Let us know why and uh, how you feel, how you're doing without television. The number is 604-280-9898. And if you're phoning anywhere in Canada, the toll-free number, 1-877-399-9898. Locally, again, 604-280-9898. We'll be back after this break.
You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Stay tuned. We'll uh, be doing App of the Week in a little bit uh, as well. Taking uh, your call, 604-280-9898. We were talking about uh, TV and how that's changing and a lot of people going to subscription services. We uh, had uh, one of the folks here at the station, Matt, uh, come into the studio and said he's never getting rid of cable TV. Yes. There will always be people that are going to want to have traditional television. You know what I'm surprised about, Mike, is a lot of people aren't utilizing these over-the-air HD antennas. Like, I have one on top of my house, so I get about eight free channels, and it's in full HD, uncompressed HD quality. And if you face it to the south, you can get American channels. I tried it. I get nothing. Really? <laughs> yeah, I live in South Surrey. That's because you're so far away. You, yeah. you have to go south because you're closer to the border. Yeah, I, I pointed it south, and all I got was MeTV, which is the old KVOS That's TV right. out of Bellingham. Yeah. Uh, Christina, who's in the studio, she's waving. Uh, she's saying... She didn't get any channels. She's downtown Vancouver. Well, there's a website called tvfool.com. You enter your address. It will tell you where to face that antenna because here in Vancouver, you have to face it towards Grouse Mountain because that's where the tower is. Yeah. But I live in in Surrey, and I I can get cable television, like, in perfect quality, so... um, you know, if you gotta you gotta experiment. They're actually making HD antennas that are mechanical, so you can switch it from north to south. Oh, that's cool. So you can go back and forth. So, Christina, you're in studio here. You you actually tried one of these antennas. You live in a concrete apartment. I do, yes. And it did not work. Where did you place it, though? Did you place it by the window? Well, I did place it by the window, but in a lot of apartments, you're limited, right? Like you you're not gonna necessarily have southwest, east, that's true, north options. You have maybe one or two options yeah. if you're. In a corner suite. And your your place, you're not facing north. You're facing southwest. Yes, yes. that's right. Towards, that's towards English Bay. Because they make these indoor antennas and yeah. outdoor ones. If you're in the market, trust me, just get, if you can, if you have a roof, go on the roof and install it because uh, you'll get way better uh, quality than you would if you have one in indoors. We're going to take a couple calls here. Taking any tech questions, 604-280-9898. We've got Eric on the line. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Hi. Hi. Oh, How are you? Me? Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I have Microsoft Edge. Yep. And uh, this morning, I could not sign on to any website. Um, not the normal you know, account. I probably had two, two other websites that I normally run on, on the Edge. They don't work. Uh, Chrome is fine. Internet Explorer is fine. But Edge just couldn't work. Interesting. <laughs> so, so for the listeners out there, Edge is the new uh, web browser that came out from Microsoft. They had they didn't even want to call it Internet Explorer because Internet Explorer just had such a bad rap. It was such a bad browser when you have the likes of Google Chrome and Firefox or Firefox. Yes. Yep. So, in terms of performance, and I'm I'm geeky. I go in on these websites to see what performance tests, and the Edge the Edge actually performs quite well. But it still is not enough for me to want to use it. It also uses the Bing browser by default, which is Microsoft Search Engine. Uh, but for anyone out there, in terms of browsers, you cannot go wrong with Google Chrome. It is by far the best. If you look at the stats in terms of speed and overall functionality, you can't beat it. Google Chrome is number one. What do you think is happening with his edge, though? So he's trying to get into these websites, and they're just not... It, it, it depends. Sometimes they need plugins that you have to install, um, Flash websites, believe it or not, there are still some that are Flash, but really everyone's moving to more HTML5. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the thing about Chrome is you got to remember, this is Google. 
So Google also owns YouTube, so they make sure that everything is optimized to work very, very well because they have an incentive to do so. Whereas Microsoft and the Edge, I don't really use it. You know, it comes default when you get like Windows 10, but then I just set Google Chrome as the default browser, and that's what I would recommend to do in this kind of situation. Yeah, it's tough, Eric. Um, in these types of situations where it's kind of half working, uh, you know, typically we give the the advice reboot, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? reinstall too, uh, reinstall. Uh, you know, the the program check uh, the if possible check the updates. Uh, you know, and we'll throw that out to the listeners as well. If you've had this problem with Microsoft Edge, uh, kind of not logging into certain websites, uh, you know, give us a shout here uh, or, or tweet us uh, as well at Get Connected uh, Now. Looks like we're going to have to take another break. When we come back, it's that time of the week. App of the Week with Christina. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here today. It's that time of the week where we uh, talk about apps. And in studio, we have Christina Stoyanova for App of the Week. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. What do you got for us? Uh, I have something that's kind of a big topic, so let's try and squeeze it in here. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's an app called Bitdefender Mobile Security and Antivirus. And Andy, you'll be excited. This is for Android. <laughs> Bitdefender, you got my attention. Yeah, so obviously mobile devices are also prone to malware and viruses and all sorts of other things that are not so fun for users. So this protects your phone and your tablet, etc. It is kind of important. You know, people think of antivirus and you, you you think of your PC at home. But the thing about hackers, you know, there's an old saying, you got to go fish where the fish are. And everybody is using their phones to access the internet. So that's why they're moving more onto the mobile side. Exactly. And one thing you should never do, and you know how they got into a lot of people's phones, is those free flashlight apps. You get this flat. You're like, oh, right. great, free app. But you, did, it, you didn't read the fine print. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It completely infiltrated your phone and took it over. That's why a lot of manufacturers, especially on the Android side, are having a built-in flashlight app inside the uh, Marshmallow, the new operating system for Android, because of that problem. People need light sometimes, and they were getting the wrong type of app. Well, I think the issue, too, though, is uh, identity theft as well, right? Because you've got all your personal information in your yeah, phone. Yeah, and some contacts. apps are actually leaking some of your information without you even knowing it. And so an app like this actually helps you mitigate those risks. Because you know what happens is you install an app and it says, this app wants to have your access to your contacts. And everyone just goes, yes, yes. Location, yes. Yeah. Your, you know, your phone numbers, yes. And what you don't realize is that you've just basically consented for this app to just do whatever it wants inside, inside your phone. And yeah. so this Bitdefender helps that. Yeah, it does malware scans and it also keeps an eye on apps that are leaking data. Um, and there is also some anti-theft uh, protection built in. Like it has um, a GPS locator. It lets you wipe your phone via SMS so that if your phone is stolen, you can, you can wipe it so your data is not vulnerable. Or you could even snap a photo of your thief. That's interesting. Right? Yeah, do they have this for the iPhone? Uh, no. Oh, why? Why? Don't, don't why? even start. Why, don't don't why? even start. See, now, if I was a hacker and guys like you think that you can't infiltrate iPhones, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and infiltrate iPhones. There are – it's oh, the only reason – I better is, get Bitdefender for, for the iPhone. No, the, oh, the, it's the, not out because no one's hacking the iPhone. You, you Android <laughs> haters, okay? I'm not an Android hater. Yes, yeah, you are. I just like to – The thing is, the thing is – 
the App Store has more stringent criteria to get your app approved. Whereas wow. That's a good Play, thing, isn't it? No, it's not a good thing. Because Why? you don't have as more selection. There's so much more selection on Android. There's over a billion. Yeah, more identity theft There's like apps. a million apps on Android. <laughs> yeah. More, more so than <laughs> iOS. This I'm is like starting to fight. You your dirty Android apps trying this, to get into your phone all the time. This is like the never-ending debate that we have here on this show. <laughs> And I know why you brought this I, app, we, Christina. <laughs> I've started a fight. I'm going to pop some popcorn so, and just watch so you guys. Here's the thing. Duke because it out. Android, uh, Google doesn't have as stringent requirements for the apps being put into their app store. You're going to get a lot of this crap. These what, apps, well, well, these so, hackers so what's the solution? To... Big Brother, aka Apple, is going to tell you what apps you should have and what you shouldn't. Yes, the consumers, yes. consumers should have the choice and decide what they want. Yeah, you can choose all those apps that are are leaking out your credit card information. <laughs> okay, back to your corners, boys. <laughs> Let's talk about price. This is free to test out, and it's uh, fifteen dollars a year. After that, fifteen dollars a year. It's a subscription based thing. Yeah, I don't have to pay fifteen dollars a year to protect my phone. I, you just make me want to become a hacker just so I can hack your phone. I'm going to go home and learn hacking 101 or hacking for dummies. Let's switch over to a nicer topic. Mother's Day, we've got a contest. <laughs> That's right. Let's talk about our moms. We're giving away the Epson Perfection Photo Scanner. Give this to your mom. She can take your old photo albums when you were a little kid and scan those and post them on Facebook for those Throwback Thursday posts uh, for like eons and eons. All you got to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, to enter and win the Epson Perfection V550 photo scanner. This is a beautiful scanner. It makes it so easy to scan all those old photos into your computer. almost does it for you. Well, the thing is, there's a lot of, like, even people with black and white photos out there, you you got to digitize them because they're going to fade away. They and, are. And a lot of people don't realize that. And so it's good to back up all those photos, get a free, like, Google Drive account, and put them up in the cloud, put them up on your hard drive. And share them. And share them to everybody. What's the point of them sitting in a photo album in your closet? I agree. Exactly. So go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com to enter and win. And get Bitdefender for Android phones because <laughs> people are trying to get into your phone. And, and, and don't <laughs> download flashlight apps. That's all the time we have. I want to thank Christina for uh, joining us for App of the Week and my co-host and producer, Andy Barrar. We'll see you again next time.